The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State athletics. This is Wildcat Insider with the voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson, and KMAN Sports Director, Mitch Fortner. Regular season has come to an end for the K-State football team. And they got one more game to play before they head to uh, what will most likely be New Orleans for the Sugar Bowl. The Cats will play for a Big 12 championship as they knock off the Kansas Jayhawks for the 14th consecutive year by the final score of 47-27, but we're not done there. The K-State men's basketball team, Cayman Islands Classic champion, they are undefeated. The K-State women's basketball team is 7-1. All three of those teams having some very good last couple of weeks. And we'll get to all of it here coming up here on Wildcat Insider. Welcome to the show. It's a new week. I'm Mitch Fortner, joined by the voice of the Wildcats and Hall of Famer Wyatt Thompson. Travion Berklin is with us across the glass running the show for us. Well, Wyatt, I don't know about you, but uh, I could use about 20 more hours of sleep after last week because both you and I were very busy. You had a lot of traveling to do with being down at the Cayman Islands for three ball games for the men's basketball team, and they went all three. Thanksgiving, Sunflower Showdown. How you feeling? You doing all right? I have a little bit of a cold that you'll probably be able to tell as you hear me speak on the on the show today. I feel okay. I don't feel bad in any way, but I do have a little bit of congestion. But wow, what a couple of weeks stretch here. We knew it was going to be wild. Um, not sure I would say expecting as wild as it turned out to be. And what I mean by that is, is we saw a couple of really really fun games in the Cayman Islands, in the semis and the finals of that tournament. Uh, struggle to get back, but get back on Thursday. A very busy Friday to finish the you know, setup for, for the football game on Saturday. And then we haven't had a lot of rain in these parts, but we had a couple of games this year at, at Bill Snyder Family Stadium that was pretty rain-filled. So a tip of the cap to the fans for enduring that. Yeah, no kidding. And, and watching a 47-27 win against your state rival. It was... Uh, it was a heck of a lot of fun this this last couple of weeks. We knew, as I said, that it was going to be a little wild, uh, probably even more so um, as, as we look back on it today on Monday over the last, you know, th- that tournament and, and the last couple of weeks because I, I went from Manhattan to Morgantown to Pittsburgh to Miami to the Cayman Islands, back to Kansas City, back to Manhattan, and – a lot of success with all of that travel. Did that was you, fun. Did you get to have a Thanksgiving? No, not necessarily. Yeah. Uh, and and, and the, but the reason, and I kind of felt like we wouldn't anyway. And 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 the reason was is because we were for a morning departure out of the Cayman Islands. We were delayed. The the plane arrived late. Then of course they had to you know get it turned around and cleaned up in an hour and fifteen minutes or so. And then we sat on the tarmac for a while. Waiting to you know get some clearance things taken care of, so we were pretty much delayed about four hours getting back. So my Thanksgiving was done uh, in the in the travel mode, um, but but hey, not gonna complain, man. It was we, we got back into Manhattan probably about oh I'm gonna say nine ish on on uh, Thursday night. So it was all good, all good. 
man, you're busy. And I thought I was busy. Well, you were busy. I, well, I felt like yeah. and I, I, I didn't want to be, I, I said it a couple of times and I didn't want to be rude to anybody, but I just felt like, you know, Thanksgiving couldn't have come at a more inconvenient time for yeah. me because Manhattan's in a state championship well, I was game. I say, and, we, we probably should say a tip of the cap to yeah. the Indians. And it was such a bizarre day uh, for, for us, you know, preparing for the game. And I mean, it was really interesting, uh, you know, being in the press box, I mean, I, I let's see. What time did I arrive at the stadium? We played at seven. We go on there at five. I think I got here a little after one. So Manhattan's playing at one o'clock, correct? Yep. So you're hearing a little bit of it and and what have you, and then you start to as the day goes on, you get busier. And I'll make this brief, but there there was somebody even saying in the press box at one point that Manhattan High lost. Uh no, they didn't. And and I'm going oh. And then I found out, of course, that that report was totally wrong, which... Uh, well, shame on that person yeah, for spreading the I, fake news. And I don't even know who it was. I think it was... I, I, I would have no clue, but it was probably somebody who said something to somebody, the kind of thing. But glad they were wrong, man, and congratulations uh, to them and to you for calling a state champion team. And, and uh, that, that kind of... Just, Probably a little bit of a cherry on top for you for all of the K-State goodies, too. Oh, yeah, and I got a lot of shout-outs to people on social media, and I got a lot of texts you know, from pulling the double duty. (laughs) And uh, I I tell you what, that was an adventurous day. It really was. I learned a lot about... You know, just the work of what I do and the effort that goes into it, but also just things about life, <laughs> kind of doing that. Uh, first of all, I don't like convoys. I got caught in a convoy on the way back to Manhattan, and it wasn't going fast enough. Yep. But um, so, man, were you nervous to get back in time? No. Uh, you had plenty so, of time. Well, the game went double overtime. Yeah. Then I, I start watching the clock a little bit. Yeah, I bet. Uh, in between possessions, like yeah. in between, you know, the first half of. Overtime number one, I'm looking at the clock, and like, oh, okay, I'm all right. Well, the thing is, though, like Gardner Edgerton was just running the football the entire time. That's all. They threw three passes in the game. They're all incomplete. Wow. So it was all running game for them. And I uh-huh. knew that was going to be the case. They don't really throw very much. And in Manhattan, they did work in the, and then the passing game quite a bit more, for sure. But they're also a run-first team as well. So sure. I knew it would be a quick regulation. Somebody made the joke in the press box, like, so uh, what's the uh, game plan if this game goes overtime? I was a little cocky. I was not expecting it to go to overtime. It did. Uh, but, no, I got out of there. I got to the stadium right as, like, the 90-minute countdown was beginning. My goodness. So I, I, I got there right at my routine time. I like to get there 90 minutes before kick. Everything's all right. Um, but, man, it was a little bit of a stressful day. I was worried I wouldn't have much of a voice for the K-State game. And right. I, I don't know if, how it sounded, if it was good or bad. Or, I did blow it on. I, I wanted to do something really nice for Raymond Plattner, uh-huh. who is a, a, an amazing oh, character, first of all. No question. Uh, a great person. I've talked to him a couple of times. <coughs> and um, Coach Kleiman loves to give him shout-outs once in a while. And I wanted to give him a shout-out on the last field goal. I was like, you know, it's senior night, and it's you know, there's like, what, five minutes left in the game. They're going to, you know, extra point and i i gave like a uh casual kick is good by number eight ty zintner and uh, then i throw out random platner's name but i accidentally said holder and not long snapper i was like oh god i blew it sorry randon but uh, ty zintner's dad also gave uh, uh, sent me a message on on twitter for my work so i, I greatly appreciate all those shout outs that i got and uh, i would do it all over again absolutely that was a i hope it's not a once in a lifetime opportunity to uh Pull the double duty, but it was a uh, it was absolutely an honor to watch both games take place. Manhattan wins the first state championship since 1988, and I don't know if you heard about this, Wyatt, but 
The last time Manhattan won a state championship was four days before Coach Snyder was announced as the new head coach at K-State. Wow. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. Yeah. Just the coincidence there. Um, all right. Let's get to the cast and let's get to this past Saturday. The Sunflower Showdown, a 7 o'clock kickoff. It was a late one for sure. Did not get out of the bill until about midnight. Um, and uh, an approved Jayhawks team comes into town with six wins. I, I kind of actually wanted to start out with what I felt was some frustration with the fans in the first half. I, I know, you know, the rain maybe took a little bit out of, uh, you know, a little bit of the uh, atmosphere away from the game a little bit. Um, but KU was also scoring the football. They, they, they scored 21 points in that first half. Uh, I, I think we need to remind ourselves that this is a well-coached team now. They're much improved, but K-State still held them to below-average numbers, below-average points. Rushing, definitely held them below average in rushing yards, although it felt like, and I want to echo what something Coach Kleiman said, that you felt like they would have had 500 yards in the game. It kind of felt that way, but they were held about 300 <coughs> in the game, Excuse including they were about 80, 80 yards or so-ish below their season average in rushing. Which is a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I think they were off on, on most of their numbers, to be real honest with you, and, and clearly... I think uh, K-State made some adjustments at halftime. When you compare the two halves, it was pretty obvious that, that KU was slowed down quite a bit. I think there were a lot of people that pointed this out on, on social media, but I think they – let me look at it. I don't want to mess this up in, in any way, but I think uh, 96 yards for KU in the second half. That's it. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. Well, they only scored once. It was kind of a uh, – it was almost like deja vu of the West Virginia game where – yeah. K-State's given up some points uh-huh. in the first half. Second half, it was actually back-to-back weeks, gave up six. Six in the second half to the opponent, West Virginia and Kansas. Um, special teams were gigantic Very in this much game. So. For, and and multiple, multiple time, for multiple different reasons. The muff punt by O.J. Burroughs that led to K-State's first touchdown after the Cats go three and out was not a great start. Right. And then they cashed it in with a Malik Knowles touchdown. Uh, also... The safety. I, the safety was big because at that point it was 14-7. K-State responds with a touchdown after KU scores first. The safety comes. That allows K-State to get the ball back, and then they're up 16. Mm-hmm. That was the cushion that K-State built that you felt a little bit comfortable. And also going back to the frustration with the fans, I think that where that also comes from is like, all right, you have a, a two-score lead. But you weren't able to put it away. Mm-hmm. It was it was really difficult to put the game away until late fourth quarter. Yeah, you probably have a better feel for what the fans were thinking and saying than I did. I, I guess I wasn't aware of that there was so much frustration uh, with the what I assume was at least the first half. Well, I, I, I one example of that was like I noticed is like after a touchdown that we had scored in the second quarter, it didn't get a big cheer. Okay. I was like, I felt I, I like the the noise level I'm used to hearing on a touchdown. It wasn't that. I was like, okay. I I think the fans like yes, we're moving the football, we're scoring against Kansas, but defense is having some trouble with slowing them down and and getting the punt team out there. Yeah. Okay. I, I guess I would counter that with go look at some of the numbers in the Big Twelve, yeah. and I'm t- I'm talking about not season numbers, but conference numbers too. KU offensively is pretty darn good. Give them a little bit of credit, I think, because uh, they were good in the first half. They had a real nice mix going. Mm-hmm. They have a, a really good quarterback, a really good running back, an offensive line that probably doesn't get uh, enough credit. 
their production in the receivers slash tight ends is pretty legitimate. Yes. And yet K-State kind of solved them in the second half. You know, it, it, To me, it wasn't a lot different than – I mean, it wasn't exactly the same, but it was kind of the same formula as what we saw the week before in Morgantown where it was a high-scoring first half and not so much in the second. That was the case the other night. And KU knew they had to mix it up with a bunch of different guys. Mason Fairchild with a lot of looks in that first half. Yep. They went more to Jared Casey in the second half with the fullback. Uh, went to a number of receivers as well. But uh, the reason I'm bringing up a lot of the frustration I just felt from the fan base during the game, mostly in the first half, was uh, we're just too used to just beating the crap out of KU. <laughs> and it's weird seeing this competition. And I And I understand that, but... If you look past KU's first four possessions where they scored three touchdowns and then the safety, punt, 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 fumble, touchdown, punt, punt. Yeah. It was a lot worse for Kansas after their fourth possession of the game. Yeah. And and again, you can say if and what and you know what have you. Yes, they, they were good early and, and I think the numbers point that out. But after those possessions that you're talking about, they frankly didn't get a whole heck of a lot accomplished and I think at one point they had a really large lead as an example in the in the time of possession, and when it was all they said did. and done, the, the possession was basically two minutes difference between Kansas State and Kansas. That's a good point because I, I think I saw at the end of the third quarter when KCHD puts the stats up, and I think KU had almost a 10-minute advantage at that point, and K-State got it down to two minutes yeah. at the end of the game. Yeah. And and I you know again I think you look at what K State did I, I I thought Will Howard played another rock solid game I, I don't think he was affected all of that much uh, by by the the wet conditions as a matter of fact I, Stan and I talked at, at one point that despite the consistent rain and sometimes it was you know pretty hard sometimes a little bit light sometimes about medium or whatever you want to say you really hardly notice though with the production of the offense in the first half for both teams right i mm-hmm. mean they they just didn't look like they were operating in, in rain so i think you have to give both of them you know some credit there I, I just thought you know when it's all said and done you know coach Kleiman wanted to run the football in the second half and i think kind of somewhat make a statement and put the game on ice and and they did that no doubt about it. Yeah, Deuce Vaughn was the leading rusher and receiver in this game. He had an 80-yard reception. Um, and also Deuce Vaughn with 147 and a touchdown on the ground. I I, I took a leap on Power K game day and said, Will Howard is going to throw for a career high today. Uh, because I, I knew KU's pass defense was not great. It, yeah. As a matter of fact, statistically one of the worst. And uh, boy, I tell you what, in that first half you thought, I mean, he's on pace for 426 yards that would smash his his previous career high which is at like 296 that he had against Oklahoma State this year he finished with 213 that was all in the first half he did not complete a pass in the second half you're right White Coach Kleiman wanted to establish the run and by God was it establishing the run Deuce Vaughn he had to break some tackles it was not easy earning those yards but you're right along with not just him but you know those jet sweeps like we brought up earlier with uh, Malik Knowles was was very crucial as well, and, and DJ Giddens also that that power back he was to help put the game away. Deuce rushed twenty five times, and I don't have the breakdown of how it all goes in terms of because let's be honest, if we're just being as clear as we can possibly be, there were you know negative runs, there were runs for maybe one or two or three yards, and then there were runs for four or five. 
and maybe not as many longer runs, you know, say 10-plus, but I think his longest run of the night was 32. But Correct. But when it was all said and done, he still almost averaged six yards a carry. So at any at any level, under any circumstances, that's that's really good. And then I, I just felt like, as you said, K-State clearly won in the special teams. Um Malik Knowles, I was so happy for Malik. You know, he's put a lot into this. And, you know, the expectations for him since early in his career have always been really, really high. And uh, I mentioned in another interview today on Big 12 Radio that he, you know, I'm, I'm glad he had the kind of game he did on senior night. He had a couple of rushes uh, from the receiver position and uh, just, a, just a pretty darn good game overall. Do you, and, and you know what was one of the biggest plays in the game? The 69-yard kick return. Oh yeah, that was big time. Yeah, absolutely, it was. That's yeah. when KU was Sequencing, down ten, baby. That's what it is all about. It's yep. w- when it happens, how, it, how, and why, and the timing of it was pretty important on that one. When uh, yeah, KU made it a ten point game. They went for two and didn't get it, even though they should have got it. Yeah, um, I thought he caught that ball. I didn't see oh, him yeah. drop it. Yeah, a lot of people did see it. I, I messed that one up. I, guess. I, I didn't know it was yeah. dropped until the referees went incomplete. I was like, yeah. oh, well, his back was wow. to the goal line. I if I or kind of wasn't not. Uh, he, he was like uh, his left shoulder was uh, kind of like by the goal towards, line towards the goal like line. That, yeah. Okay. But anyway, I, I thought I think he did have it for a little bit. He, he just did. didn't hold it. Yeah, yeah. Late hit. That was by a somebody. big, big drop, though. I mean, there's a big difference if they get that. Yeah, you know, the momentum I I think could could totally or at least potentially totally switch there. But but as it stayed a ten point game, you still felt like okay. And then K State goes and gets another score. And when K State's defense needed stops, absolutely needed stops after K State got that field goal from uh, Ty Zintner. Uh, a three and out and a three and out yeah. to finish up. And that last three and out, that was KU waving the white flag. Yeah. You would expect him to go for it. No, they're waving the white flag. We're done. By the way, Ty Zintner, 72-yard punt. He had three punts, and he was averaging 63 yards a punt Yeah, he in the game. You know, what he's done uh, really over the last several weeks has been extraordinary with the kickoffs, the punting, and the field goal kicking. I mean, he's eight for eight. In field goals. Now, most of those are in the 20 to 30 range, but keep in mind it wasn't that long ago he bombed one from 42 and one from 53. So it's not like they've all been, you know, 33 yard kind of kicks. Mm-hmm. He's been really, really good. All right. We take a timeout here on Wildcat Insider. When we come back, we'll get Wyatt's thoughts on the K State men's basketball team undefeated after winning the Cayman Islands Classic next on Wildcat Insider. Continue with Wildcat Insider. Feel free to give us a call if you want to make a comment about the Cats, football, basketball, whatever, man. 537-1350 is our number to give us a call. If you want to just ask Wyatt a question, feel free to do so. Mitch Fortner in the voice of the Cats. Wyatt Thompson, the K-State men's basketball team, is now 6-0 and to start the season for the first time since the 18-19 season. Of course, that's the last year with Dean Barry and Cam winning the Big 12 championship. That team also started... 6-0 after winning the Paradise Jam. And this time around, they win the Cayman Islands Classic with victories over Rhode Island, Nevada, 
and then the win on Wednesday, which, you know, of course, that one came down to the wire just like the overtime win against Nevada, but beating LSU 61-59. Now, why don't be honest with you, I only got to watch the Rhode Island game. Okay. I try, So I actually uh, got to do the TV call the, of the volleyball game Wednesday. Then I added to my list of things to do. Uh the uh, the crew there at KCHE TV was uh, solid enough to put the ending of the LSU game on one of the monitors. Oh, cool! That we could kind of you know keep our peripherals on during sure. the during the live action. Um, maybe I'm supposed supposed to talk about that, but uh, you know what? <laughs> we still had a great call, didn't we, Liz? I thought it was great. K State got the win over Texas Tech, but uh, did get to see the uh, the final moments of the LSU game. Now maybe I'll let you explain exactly. What happened there with the clock and the final score and all that, and LSU scoring? They thought they had tied it up to go to overtime. Yeah, they did. They were down 61-59, called a timeout. Then K-State called a timeout. Then they called a timeout. K-State used their last timeout. They play the ball in. Uh, I felt like in calling the game that the clock did not start properly slash or on time when the ball was played in. I did not say that because I wasn't positive. I like to be pretty positive if I'm going to say it, right? But their player goes down and makes the basket, and everybody on that side of the gym, on the left side of the gym, were reviewing it because the K-State fans were behind us and then to our right. Their, their crowd went crazy after the bucket by Trey Hannibal, and you're thinking, okay, we're 61 all going to overtime for a second straight night. And then all of a sudden it got a little different, and you knew that they were going to to look at the monitor, and Flow Hoops was the TV, uh, so there was not necessarily a lot of cameras or a lot of angles, but I, I felt like the longer it was going, it's like, okay. Then I saw, when, when John Higgins pulled out the stopwatch, I'm thinking, this shot was late, and it was, as it turned out. And they waved it off, and and the I guess I'll say the celebration was on. It was really really fun to watch uh, the coaching staff and the players celebrate that because uh, I'm just being honest about this. You could sense that they wanted this so bad. Uh, they wanted that championship, and and to get it that way, where you play pretty well against Rhode Island, and then you 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 survive Nevada in overtime, and then win that way against LSU. That was. Uh, that was a heck of a thing. And you've got the tournament's most valuable player in Marquise Noel, who, think about this for a second, he had 27 assists in three games. And Keontae Johnson was was fabulous. So it was really a it really, really uh, – I'll, I'll just tell you this. Here, here's Marquise's tournament. 18.7 points, 3.7 rebounds, 9 assists, and shot 45% from the floor. Keontae, 19.3 points, 6 rebounds, shot 54%, and hold your socks, 24 <laughs> of 27 at the foul line. That's pretty sweet. I'd say. The, the Marquise Noel story, I, 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 had, I think I said this after the, the Kansas City game. I felt like just watching him, I'm like, okay, this is – I know Keontae Johnson is going to be considered as the most talented player on the team, but Marquise Noel is the leader. He's the leader of this team. He calls the shots. He's the one, he's the boy in charge on that floor. And it, I mean, he's your quarterback. He's your point guard, as he should be. And I loved how he would take that team and put it on his back to go win a couple of games. And I saw some highlights of the Nevada game and how that finished up, or you know, to send it to overtime. Oh yeah. Where you know before that, I mean, he gets swatted. It, it was a you know he's trying to drive on a seven footer, and it's not going to happen. 
But what does he do next? He, I mean, he does it again. Yeah, the, the, and redeems the, himself. The bucket that he scored at the end of regulation in the Nevada game was a most difficult shot. He was tightly, tightly guarded. Still not totally sure how he got it off, mm-hmm. and but not only off, but in the basket. Um, it, he he was really, really good, and it was such a a great experience for the guys. And and I think you can certainly grow from it. They've got. They're leaving tomorrow, or we're leaving tomorrow afternoon and headed to Indianapolis to play uh, Butler there on uh, Wednesday night. And then you've got the Shockers back here uh, in Bramlage. It's been a little while now since the team has actually played in Bramlage, and I think the fans will be excited about what what a Saturday that could be, watching the football game and and then coming and watching the basketball team on Saturday night. Well, I'm not going to lie. I do worry a little bit about the attendance. Oh, sure. For the game Saturday. I, I get it. Yeah. yeah it, it, I remember that's, hearing that's whispers. That's the only thing about that, just being honest about it, is that that's the hard part about the crossover because you do get into situations like this where, you know, you've got massive amounts of, of people that are going to try to go to Dallas, and they should. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, it's a heck of a matchup. It's a heck of an opportunity against a really good team trying to make the college football playoff system, and, and you've got a K State team that's won nine games and is, you know, pretty thrilling to watch, frankly. So, I get it, but but it yeah it 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 probably will without question hurt the attendance at least a little bit for sure. It, I mean, it makes me wonder if like if K State tried to maybe move the game to Sunday because I know Wichita State doesn't play another game until a week later. But you know maybe the issue could be you know the game is on ESPNU trying to move that is a is a hassle. I don't know how it all works, but you know I guess some will make a make the choices and uh, hopefully it's still a good crowd there for uh, the game against Wichita State I mean it's been forever since that game has played anyway but I, I do want to I, I want to jump back to the LSU game real quick because okay. you know that that's one I didn't get to see the comeback take place because cats are down eight at the half and, you're, and this is a brand new LSU team but they're undefeated they're off to a great start K-State beat two undefeated teams in the Cayman Islands classic the uh, the other one Nevada in overtime but K-State held LSU to 18 points in that second half. And forced 14 turnovers. There you go. I mean, the defense was off the chart. That, that, I would say you know, defensively we saw K-State play its best defense in a second half in that game against LSU. Let me give you another good one. I believe the run, the run that K-State made 15-2 to to get right back in the thing and actually take the lead, most of that was done with Keontae Johnson on the bench. So it tells you, you know, a lot of things. There were there were, you know, a lot of guys that that did very very well. Um, and 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 I the thing I like about this group so far is that clearly Marquise and Keontae have been the lead guys. But you look at the game against Nevada, and I'll just read you the line that David Gasson had: eight points, eight rebounds, two assists, two blocks, no turnovers, in 27 minutes, made four of six shots. Okay, now you go to the LSU game, and up next, Desi Sills, thirty-three minutes, sixteen points, a rebound, five assists, couple of turnovers, goes six of nine, one of three from three, three for three at the foul line. So he has sixteen, Keontae has sixteen, and eighteen points, five assists, and four rebounds for our buddy. Marquise Noel and I love a good I love a Desi Sills off the bench that's hot that 16 points against LSU yep. was was gigantic he also had five assists he led the team in assists in that LSU game and we've already seen in six games we've seen a ton of highlights 
This team is flashy. The the way Marquise will pass the ball to you, and it's a right. highlight dunk. I've said this multiple times already, but I love to say it because I love that this team can handle his passing because he can be an improviser when it, when it, with his passing, and, and they're dunking, and there are so many highlights, but the bucket that Keontae made that was the game winner against LSU, that might be my favorite highlight of the year so far. The reason is because of the difficulty. Oh, yeah. He... After okay, so we got three seconds on the shot clock. Desi saves that basketball from going out of bounds. I mean, it's a it's a fight for that ball. It's all over the place, and Keontae's yelling at Desi to throw the ball. Keontae catches it. Hobbs does a one eighty and buries it. That yeah. that that is a high difficulty play. I don't care if it was you know eight feet away from the basket. That's a tough play to make and yeah. a very crucial part of the game. Probably a little longer than eight, and was pretty it? much a hand in his face. Yeah. Um, and the and the thing that I learned in post game, uh, from Coach Tang's comments, that I didn't think about as it's happening, is that when Keontae had the ball on the right side of the lane, and then the ball is deflected and goes to the left side, the secondary option on the play was Desi on the backside. So, having him as the second option paid dividends there, right? Because he saves the ball, then Keontae makes the shot. And all of a sudden, you have a two-point lead. So, you know, some would say good fortune. Some would say, you know, pretty good play calling. And but at the end of the day, you got to make shots. And Keontae's pretty good at that. Here's the amazing part. I had a guy ask me about this, and he was looking over the the box score of the of the game with uh, LSU. Keontae had 16 points, four rebounds, made seven of eight free throws, was four of seven from the floor, and made his only three-point shot, had 16 points, but was minus nine in the plus-minus category. So it shows you just how good he is, even when he might be off just a little bit. He still had a heck of a nice ball game. I tell you what, it is so fun being a K-State fan right now. So fun. With what has happened the last month has been nothing but fun. K-State's going to the Big 12 Championship. Men's basketball is undefeated. Jeff Mitty's squad is 7-1. They won two out of three uh, in uh, St. Thomas at the Paradise Jam. Good stuff right now. We're going to keep that rolling. When we come back, we're going to hear from hashtag my boy Deuce Vaughn, who spoke to the media and also got some special questions from a teammate in that media scrum after the game Saturday next. Hashtag my boy, Deuce Vaughn, ran for 147 in a touchdown. His longest run was 32 yards. He averaged 5.9 yards a carry. And also receiving two receptions, 82 yards. His longest was an 80-yard reception. K-State running back Deuce Vaughn spoke to the media after the 20-point win over KU on Saturday. What's the significance of this game? 
uh, everything that was at stake against a team that's obviously much improved from what you played. In yes, sir. Uh, big time. Uh, big time credit to Kansas. Uh, man, they they came out here and played uh, an unbelievable game, and uh, they 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 gave us a challenge. And it's big time for for the kids in Kansas that uh, have watched this game growing up and have been on both sides of it. And to to get that win for them is big time. And the implications of uh, us thrusting ourselves into the Big 12 championship. Man, this is what we've been working for for the past 11 months, and uh, for it to come to fruition, man, this is this is just another stepping stone. And man, we got a lot of work to do this upcoming week because um, we got a good TCU team to go down uh, and play in Arlington. How did it feel to kind of finish the game with the running game this time around? It was big time uh, just for the confidence of our O-line, the confidence of running backs and everybody on that football field. We feel like we have a, a pretty good team that can uh, run some power stuff whenever it comes down to it. And to be able to do that and finish the game like that, I believe it was 26 times of 27 plays, uh, those last 27 plays, 26 times we ran the football. So to be able to finish it like that and the finish in victory formation was big time. What are the touchdowns with seven offensive linemen on the field? Yes, sir. Uh, that's us. We, we kind of call our jumbo package, in a sense, our ogre package. So uh, anytime we can get into that, especially down the goal line, uh, we have all trust in those guys that are in there uh, to, to punch the ball in. Can you walk us through the screen? Yes, sir. Uh, so it was like a slow screen and uh, big time credit to our old linemen that got out and got uh, bodies on bodies. And then uh, after that, it's kind of feel where all the uh, pressure from the defense is coming from, make a move, and, and then you're out into the to the open field. So, uh, yeah, it was a slow screen and, um, and it worked out to perfection at that point. What's your favorite moment from tonight, Deuce? Uh, for for me, it was probably probably in the locker room after the after the game. Uh, there were a lot of things, a lot of big time moments throughout that game. But to get in there and uh, have the captains come up and speak and have everybody kind of come together, because uh, this is what we've been working for, man. So kind of go in there and celebrate together as a team, as a family, uh, man. It was big time. That was that was utmost, 100 percent, the, the, the my favorite thing. Deuce, what do you remember about that first TCU game? Uh, man, it was a. A wild crowd. It was a wild game, night game, uh, and uh, we got up on them. And they, they showed that they're a pretty good football team as well. And uh, we're able to come back and then win the football game. Uh, we battled some injuries. We battled some things throughout the game. But uh, this is this is like this is a rematch for us, and uh, we can't take it lightly because we understand what type of football team they have down there in Fort Worth, and it's a really good one. So we have a lot of work to do up this week. Was that pitch on fourth and goal the one one of your easiest touchdowns ever? I'd say so. Uh, uh, beautiful play call. Just from the the fact that they had kind of loaded the box a whole bunch, uh, that took us uh, it took us like five times. It took us like five times to get in the end zone, and uh, for for Coach Klein to call that right there in that moment was big time. Felix, thank you to Kyusama, everybody. Sorry, <laughs> I had a question. Um, <clears throat> so you're gonna be how excited are you to um, play in the um, Big Twelve Championship? Well, I'm super excited. Uh, just uh, another another. Another week to be able to play with you, big dog. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, sure, man. Another sure. week to practice with you, man. Sure. And uh, I'm super excited to get down there. And that's a pretty good question. And um, how <laughs> crucial is this week going to be? Very for crucial. Preparation. Very, very crucial, man. Mm -hmm. The preparation. That, that's what K State's are built on. Mm -hmm. Throughout the week, Monday through Friday. That's what we do, man. All so right. uh, let's get down to it, right? Hell yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Appreciate you, by the way. Deuce, you suppressed uh, 4,500 all-purpose yards tonight. How much do you? Pride yourself on being an all-around back? A whole bunch. Uh, it's one of the things that ever since I was a little kid, being able to catch the football and, and run the football, one of the things that I always wanted to do growing up and to be able to be in this position. And, man, I can't take all the credit. Uh, man, I have an unbelievable coaching staff and unbelievable unbelievable teammates out in front of me that have got me into this this position. And, uh, man, so it's, it's, it's it, I'd say it's pretty surreal and it's, it's pretty cool to be in that position. Thank you. Yes, sir.
Just kind of be able to really just control the game on the ground in the second half. What did that mean for your offense as a whole, and, and how much do you appreciate those offensive linemen up front all season long? Um, and I appreciate them with my entire heart. Uh, it's one of the things that I, mean, I tell them every single day. I'm nothing without y'all boys. Uh, I move how y'all move, and I mean, they move pretty good. So uh, to be able to control the, the ground game like that in the second half, uh, it gives us confidence as an offense to be able to say, man, we have the type of team that can get downhill and, uh, and impose our will on a football team. So it was big time, and, man, I'm super excited for it. Uh, the confidence that was bred into those boys today and, um, and going forward is big time. What excites you the most about getting together a good 12 championship? Just the the fact that all the hard work, everything that we've done for these past 11 months, I mean, we, we formed a team together and we, we came together every single day. We learned about each other. We uh, went through all these tough times with Coach True in the weight room, out in the football field, doing all this running in the summer, uh, all for one common goal. And, uh, man, we've gotten to that point. And uh, we understand that we have a lot more work to do uh, but just all that preparation, all that hard work, everything we've put it poured into this season, it's kind of come to fruition, and now we're exactly where we want to be with uh, with as a football team. And I'm super excited. That's Deuce Vaughn after the game on Saturday. He's amazing, isn't he? In every way, he's so gifted and yet so humble, so hardworking. Does about everything right. <laughs> he's uh, kind of the ultimate teammate, to be real honest about it. And uh, I, I, it's been a thrill to watch him. He's uh, he's a sensational kid. Saturday put him over uh, 1,200 yards rushing for the year and 1,900 yard rushing games in his career as well. All right, finishing up our one, a Wildcat Insider. Let's jump uh, wide here to the the final week of Big Twelve play. Yeah. Uh, Friday, uh, you know what Baylor not doing us any favors as they lost to Texas 38-27. You know Baylor had that scoop and score. In the fourth quarter, that gave him the lead. I was like, oh, okay. All right, Baylor, I see what you're doing. And then they gave up 14 straight. I, yeah. Again, not helping anybody out, Baylor. Thanks for nothing. It's been an interesting year for Baylor. Six I, and I, six. Yeah. Six and six was not exactly the expectation, was it? No. Uh, I think most thought they'd get to the Big 12 championship. I think that's probably fair. Uh, if you go back and you look, I think they and Oklahoma State were the choices, and yeah. you know some probably took Oklahoma, and I, I, to a smaller degree, get that too. But you know, it's interesting to see that you know, I mean, Bijan had 179 yards and, and two touchdowns. He just continues to play at a, at a terrific level. But um, Texas, Texas was the better football team in the second half, frankly. How about West Virginia beating Oklahoma State in Stillwater in the final game of the regular season? Well, I think it says a lot about Neil Brown. I think it says a lot about their football team. I know they were very, very disappointed with the way the game the week before at home went against a team called Kansas State. It would have been easy to go into Stillwater, just sleepwalk through it, and uh, take your lumps and finish 4-8, and eight, and they didn't do that. Did they play the Oklahoma State team that uh, started the year in early September? Of course not. But give them some credit for, I'll just say it, gutting it up. They gutted it up yeah. and found a way. 24-19 was that final. Yeah. Iowa State's um, defense mailed it in for the TCU game. They lost. Uh, Iowa State lost to TCU 62-14. Uh, that's yeah. by, I mean, it's not even close. It's in a, in a different uh, galaxy. This defensive performance for Iowa State. I don't care how good TCU is. You know, if you would have said to me that Iowa State was going to be seven and five, six and six, okay. 
But if you'd have said their conference record was going to be one and eight, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would have been a little bit taken aback by that. But that's exactly what they what they ended up doing. And all I mean, let's let's cut to the chase here. Their defense is still pretty darn good, but their offense has been lousy this year. Period. End of story. But other than KZ beating KU, the the result I was very happy to see was Texas Tech at home beating Oklahoma in overtime, fifty one forty eight on a thirty five yard field goal in OT after OU missed their field goal. Uh, only four teams in the Big 12 finished in conference play with a winning record. Texas Tech was picked to finish ninth, and they finished fourth. If you talk to the K-State coaches, they will tell you that Texas Tech is about as well coached as anybody in the league. What does that say? Yeah. They are going to compete. I was very, very happy to see Texas Tech. They might now end up in Orlando for their bowl game, and that would be a great opportunity for them. Some, you know, they... Haven't had many great seasons. Seven and five was probably a tad bit above average than what they were expecting. Probably five and seven, six and six. They get to seven and five and five and four in conference play. All right, hour two coming up next. Cats going to the Big 12 championship game. Plus, we'll get to some Twitter questions after the break.